Welcome to the Stone Church Podcast, a series of conversations inspired by Sunday messages we hope will spark your curiosity and encourage you in your faith journey. Hello, everybody. We are back with our second episode of Spiritus Sancti. My name is Ashley Palmer, and I'm joined by Pastor Alex Rowe, our Associate Pastor of Worship, Creative Arts, and Media. Hello. How are you doing, Pastor? I'm doing quite good, actually. Good. So for all you listening, Alex should have all cylinders firing still because he just came off preaching twice and finished off with worship. So he's either raring to go or he's slightly dying inside right now. How are you feeling? Uh, it, it's funny. As I said, I was doing good. I made mention in my message that I hate it when people are just like, oh, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm good. Um, but no, really, I, I am good. <laughs> so let's get started. At the end of the last episode, we were talking about the way Holy Spirit moves today and the truth that Jesus said that he would send the Holy Spirit. So it seems right that we should expect to encounter the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So as we touched on in the last episode, Scripture tells us that God will send us a constant companion. We're just diving right in here. It says that he will send someone to live within us, to recognize his voice, and to firm the feelings and directions that we receive from our Heavenly Father. Jesus always said in his years of ministry that we will one day receive the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit would empower us and equip us to deal with persecution and the difficult road of making disciples, and it's up to us to receive him. Jesus knew this and told this to his disciples repeatedly. Okay, so when Jesus says that we will one day receive the Holy Spirit, now, when we get baptized, you know, the pastor generally says, you know, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, you know, do we not get baptized at that moment by the Holy Spirit when we give our lives to Christ and and get dunked? Like, does he not live inside of us from that point on? Or Mm -hmm. is there a difference between that baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, um, and we we touched very briefly on this in our last episode as well. Um, When you receive Jesus into your life, you're also receiving the Holy Spirit. And there is a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit at conversion and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's also a difference between when you are baptized in water and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They are two separate events. Mm, Okay. I think that's really important just because I feel like those are two very different events that we can kind of confuse for the same thing. Now, we keep saying, you know, Jesus said or God told us. So I think the obvious question at this point is to um, look at the scriptures that we're referring to. Well, given we're talking about the Holy Spirit residing in us, the passage of scripture that I used comes from John chapter 15. And I used a larger section of scripture in my sermon. It was uh, John 15, 18 to John 16, 15. Um, But for now, let's just read John 15, 26 to 27. It says this, uh, and I've been teaching out of the ESV, but you can read whatever translation you're most comfortable with. Uh, So in the ESV, John 15, 26 to 27 says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Mm -hmm. 
the longer section, John fifteen eighteen to sixteen fifteen, is tied together by two important themes: the opposition of the world against the church, mm-hmm. and the ministry of the Spirit to and through the church. So, in the verses preceding this section, um, Jesus was talking about love, but now he's talking about hatred, and his preparation. Um, for his disciples uh, was to prepare them for the hatred that is going to be coming their way, Mm -hmm. knowing um, what we know about Jesus and whether you believe he is the son of God or not. uh, It seems incredible that anyone would hate Jesus and his people, but that's exactly the situation. That's the the climate of the the world that they were facing. Mm. And so in the context of this passage, there's even some hatred coming from the religious people of the day. And in a few hours... Um, time from when Jesus began this teaching to his disciples, um, the religious leaders of Israel would be condemning their Messiah and crying out for his blood. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine hearing that, you know, straight from Jesus's lips saying the world is going to hate us on account of his name and, you know, how believers, believers may even be killed for it all just because the world didn't want to hear the truth. You know, Jesus basically held up a mirror to their faces to Mm -hmm. show them the truth about their sin and unrighteousness, and they clearly were having none of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine hearing hearing that, right? Like your mentor um, is telling you that people are going to hate you just because of who you call teacher. It's awful. Right? Yeah, Jesus had openly taught his disciples that uh, one day persecution would come, and he mentioned it in his Sermon on the Mount, Uh, And in his commissioning sermon, when he sent out the disciples to minister, in his sermon denouncing the Pharisees, and there's another warning given um, in his prophetic message on Mount Olivet through... Um, throughout the Gospels, right? Like So um, in the Gospel of John especially, it's evident that the religious establishment not only opposed Jesus, but sought to kill him. And as he continued his ministry, there was this growing tide of resentment and then hatred and then opposition against him. Mm-hmm. So the disciples actually really should not have been surprised when Jesus brought up the subject of persecution because they had heard him warn them and they had seen him face men's hatred throughout his ministry. To be the disciples with no New Testament proof to fall back on like we have, their faith and belief in Jesus was so honorable without knowing how things were going to play out. Mm -hmm. And while at the same time, it probably wasn't very reassuring, um, you know, Jesus did say that Holy Spirit would come and prove to the world what they didn't believe when Jesus was alive. But, you know, they didn't have that that hindsight to look back on like we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not very comforting knowing that uh, until Jesus returns or until we die, we're going to live in a world that's hostile and continually um, meet oppression. (laughs) Step in 2020, 2021. And with (laughs) that kind of promise, right? Like who would want to become a Christian? Why would anyone want to do it? Yeah. Right. But what's the the secret? Well, for those of us who are Christians, it's uh, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Mm, Amen. Right. This is the key part of the upper room message about the Holy Spirit and his ministry. And this is the part of my early education in Christendom that was missing. Um, I, last week we talked about just kind of my experiences growing up in um, the Korean Presbyterian Church. Yeah. Right. We talked about um, how Jesus' teaching was focused on the hatred that the disciples were promised. And from there, Jesus' teaching shifts to his concern for the disciples and the supplying of the divine resource of the Holy Spirit to assist them 
with the coping of the hostility Mm -hmm. that they will inevitably face, and that the coming of the Spirit is based on the sending of the Spirit from the Father by Jesus. And it's going to sound like we're getting a little off track here, but I promise you it's relevant. So (laughs) um, the pronoun used of the Spirit here is the masculine case, uh, ekenos, which might normally seem to be unusual because uh, the referent noun pneuma, or spirit, is neuter. But John undoubtedly considered the spirit as a personal being mm. and not as something impersonal or just a mere force. Okay. So when I actually gave this message, I only had 15 minutes, so it didn't leave <laughs> me much time to get into why this is important. Um, but to simplify what I just said, it means that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not some mystical force. You're not magically going to get force powers just by um, bec- becoming a Christian, but you're given a com- someone to go through life with you. And you've heard me say the phrase constant companion um, before because it's it's perfect for what he is. He's with you at all times. Yeah, that's so comforting. So think about how difficult life is, right? Like, like really think about it. Without our parents, we would have died not long after birth. True. <laughs> Right? We're not like we're not like Talk animals. About dependence. <laughs> we're not like animals who learn to run within hours of being born, and it's months before we even learn to walk, yeah. let alone run. Then you have to learn skills to get you through life. Some of us are fortunate enough to have been born into a free country, and some of us aren't. Some of us are born into wealth, and some of us into poverty, and yeah. all that's in between. Yeah. And that's just the geographical and biological factors, right? On an individual level, we all have different skill sets. Mm -hmm. Some Mm -hmm. people are just more gifted than others. I'm not sure everyone will agree with me on that, but if you're being honest, do you understand advanced trigonometry or string theory? Nope. Or even getting a little more controversial, do you fully understand (laughs) critical race theory? And that's just the intellectual edge that some people have. Yeah. We're all built differently for different walks of life. But no matter what your skills are, no matter where you live, there's one universal truth. Being alone is hard. Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase that, actually. Being alone is one of the most difficult things a person can endure. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm just going to come in here and <laughs> once again, <laughs> I'm going to pop in a little CR here for you. But <laughs> that's one of the things that, um, you know, in Celebrate Recovery, um, is it's so important to us is to not try and be alone and do things alone. And um, it's very important because being alone is hard. And mm-hmm. given given just a little bit of time alone in your own head, feeling like you are alone and forgetting about Holy Spirit being with you, a lot of damage can be done and a lot can be spun out really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of damage can be done being alone in a very short time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that we we talked about was that the Holy Spirit is there to remind you of God's truth, right? So without the Holy Spirit... And when you're facing the world alone, it's really easy for your mind to wander, for yeah. your thoughts to begin to to start, um, you know, criticizing yourself, to put yourself down, to tell yourself you're not worthy. But that's not yeah. the truth. Yeah. The truth is that God loves you. You are worthy. And that's the truth that the Spirit reminds us of. Oh, it's so beautiful. Amen. Right? So now think about how much easier life is with friends, Ooh. right? And about how much easier life is when you have the support of your family. Yeah. When you have people in your corner to cheer you on and help you when you're down and to support you in your times of need, that's the work that God 
provides through the person of the Holy Spirit, Hmm. a constant companion. There it is. Someone to always be with you and cheer you on and support you and to guide you. And if you're willing to receive it, to empower you. And now we're getting into the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I absolutely love that analogy of, you know, doing things with friends. Um, You know, while our family, friends, and different communities are so important, it's extra important to remember that we have that internally too, not just externally. We never are actually alone. And while that thought could be a little alarming to some people, it's so extraordinary to think. And even for someone like me who lives alone, like just knowing if I'm at home for a long time, especially during COVID on lockdown, Mm -hmm. to like just be at home on the couch, just kind of like, you know, knowing that I'm not alone is actually very meaningful and really changed my spiritual health and my mental health, my emotional health. It's it's actually such... Um, I'm just so grateful. It's a gift to know that we have him with us always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about an important distinction. That Holy Spirit is God and a person in the way that God the Father and God the Son have personal attributes. Yeah. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is a person. Um, Jesus referred to the Spirit as he mm. and, and not it. Mm-hmm. Right? The Holy Spirit has all of the things that you would associate with a person. He has a mind from... Romans 8:27. He has a will, 1 Corinthians 12:11, and emotional feelings, Galatians 5:22 and 23. Mm. Um, in in John 15:26, all three persons of the Godhead are mentioned. Jesus the Son will send the Spirit from the Father because the Holy Spirit is a person mm. and is God. It means that the Christian has God indwelling in their body. And it's this indwelling, the the Holy Spirit living within you that gives us the power to persevere. Mm. Now, here's the reason why we can endure the hardship and hatred that Jesus had promised us. It's the Holy Spirit. We are to walk in the Spirit, to worship in the Spirit, and witness in the Spirit. And Christians can stand and withstand in the midst of the world's hatred because of the special ministries of the Spirit. Yeah, and that's that's so true that... You know, he really does give us that strength to to endure. And, you know, Jesus told us that this world was going to be hard. So, you know, he, he didn't, you know, people think that we're going to become Christians and things are all going to be rainbows and lollipops. And, and it's not. I mean, I can attest I lived in just the world for 30 years. And, you know, being a Christian the last uh, four-ish um, hasn't been easy, but it's been a gift. And I would never ever want to go back to my life without Jesus. Um, and he really does give that 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 empowerment to push through when times are hard. Yeah, so it's just it's really amazing to to know that he really does give us that um, that power to endure um, and the peace that comes along with it when we need it. So if we've confirmed that all believers receive the Holy Spirit when we are saved, then why aren't all Christians having Pentecostal experiences? Well, yeah, like we we talked about it very briefly before, um, that there is a difference between receiving the Spirit at conversion and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, So you can find references throughout Scripture that point to the soterios work or the salvific work Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Um, Just some examples would be Romans 10.13 or Ephesians 1.13. But you'll also find that there's the dunamis or power of the Holy Spirit, um, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, Acts 10, 45, all throughout John the Baptist's ministry and Jesus's ministry, there was always the expectation that Jesus would give us the Holy Spirit. Okay. And through all the Gospels, there are verses like Luke three sixteen, 
says, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Mm. So that moment finally came on the day of Pentecost, and it's the day that our fellowship got its name from. The disciples were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, speaking of Jesus, uh, Peter declared to the gathering crowd at the pouring out of the Spirit, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this, which you both see and hear. So what we're really talking about here is spirit empowerment. Yes. Uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which is spirit empowerment. Uh, we're, we're given power, dunamis, from the Holy Spirit. This infilling is often associated with other gifts, but one of the primary gifts is the gift of tongues. Okay. Um, so it's also the work of the Holy Spirit that allows us to hear God's voice, to recognize it, to affirm it, and to obey it. Mm. And this doesn't mean that you must receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to recognize when God is speaking to you. It's just one of the roles that the Holy Spirit plays. And the Holy Spirit also reminds us of the things that God has said to us. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John fourteen twenty six. Hmm. So that raises the question, um, you know, where does that leave the believer who's wondering, you know, why isn't this happening for me? Well, honestly, that's a tricky one. Um, there are a number of reasons why a believer may not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, and I shared part of my story earlier, and for me specifically, it was because of a block in my life that prevented me from accepting the gift. Uh, so let, let me tell you the story of how I received the baptism, and then we can get into some other potential reasons why someone might not be experiencing it themselves. Okay. I love uh, stories. I'll, tr- I'll try to keep this short. Okay. I was actually at a conference in Vancouver, and while I was there, I met Alex Seeley. Um, she's the lead pastor of Belonging Co. in Nashville. I like that name. It's a great name. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while we were there, <laughs> she prayed over me, and as she was praying, I felt this heat touch the top of my head. And from there, I could feel it spreading down to my heart. Now, I've been to enough camps. I've seen enough YouTube videos <laughs> to know <laughs> that sometimes when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, they fall over. Mm. Right? So there's mm-hmm. a lot more to it than that. But that's the Coles Notes version for you. So at that moment, all I could think was, oh, God, don't let me fall over. <laughs> and as, as I had that thought, I felt the heat turn cold. <laughs> And then my arms and legs went numb. Oh, jeez. And I, and I knew I had to talk to Alex and tell her about what I had just experienced. So um, I went to her uh, breakout session afterwards. There was a bit of a lineup of people who wanted to talk to her. And then it came to my turn, and I told her what happened. And she said, just wait right there. I want to talk to you after I talk to these other people. Mm. So she got through the rest of the line, and then she came to talk to me. And she said, I knew God wanted me to talk to you. He says that sometimes... There's a block, and we need to pray to get rid of the block. And we'll pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So she prayed. Okay. And I saw that person from the last episode um, of our podcast Mm -hmm. in my mind. And I knew that that moment had shaped my thoughts around tongues and spirit empowerment, and that I'd built this wall around this portion of my life to keep God and the Holy Spirit out of it because of what was said about this guy. Yeah. So we prayed, and the wall came down. And then I felt the heat on my head again. And I felt it spread down to my heart again. Wow. 
but this time the heat didn't turn cold. It spread all the way to my hands and feet. And Alex told me to trust the spirit and move my tongue, and I spoke in tongues. Wow. And so that was the moment I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is super cool to me. I love hearing stories like that and, like, God, I know you're listening. I would really appreciate one of these moments. <laughs> just, just put it out there. <laughs> well, so now remember, that's just my journey. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else's journey will be different. So why are there believers who haven't received the bas- baptism of the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they could be experiencing a block like I was. Yeah. They could be praying and asking, but maybe they're not being honest and sincere in their asking. Oh, yes. I've okay. even heard it said that sometimes it's just not their time, right? We've all heard that God moves in mysterious ways and that his timing is perfect. Yeah. So we can't profess to understand God's timing, but he knows when you're ready. Because remember what I said in my message, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have a responsibility. You don't mm-hmm. just receive the gift and then say, okay, thanks God, let me just put this gift on my shelf to collect dust. Yeah. No, you have the responsibility to use your gift. That's that's very true. Like even just with my own experience, it's, and I know that even in the when we were doing the one of the episodes for the women in ministry, it's you know sometimes we have blocks and we we don't want to necessarily either hear God or receive something from God because we don't know what to do with it or we're not ready to do something with it. Um, so that's that's really powerful, and I think that's a great reminder and. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm personally feeling slightly convicted here, so <laughs> maybe I'm going <laughs> to go home and talk to God about this. Maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I have some more growing to do. Who knows? Uh, but what are some things that we can do to recognize Holy Spirit's prompting? Well, I think the first thing is to stop any thoughts that you have telling um, you that that's crazy or mm. no way that's God talking to me. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have this internal voice that doubts we'd ever hear from God. But you and I are equally important to God, and he'll talk to you and I, just as he spoke to Paul, Moses, and even Jesus. Mm. And I'm aware that I'm saying God here, not Holy Spirit, but it's God who's speaking, and it's the Holy Spirit who is interpreting what he's saying for us. How cool is that? Like, I think we forget when we, you know, kind of separate Old Testament, New Testament, and like, the same God that spoke to Moses and all, like, it's the same God. And we can, you know, miracles that happened in the Old Testament, like, we could still have miracles today like that. Like, people, I feel like, forget that. And it's so important. Um, and it's so amazing. You know, God is just, I, I literally, like, when I try to put into words sometimes how, like, I don't know, majestic and, you know, powerful God is, I literally don't have the words to say. It's mm-hmm. it's incredible. But I think that this is a good place for us to finish this episode. But guys, we are not done yet. Join us for our next episode where we talk more about what happens when Holy Spirit's moving through us. Thanks for listening to the Stone Church Podcast. For more information about the Christian faith and Stone Church, visit us online at stonechurch.ca.